I love a good atlas, and I've never made one, but with the KiwiCo crate, you can make your own atlas. So provide for your children that which I was robbed of at kiwico.com slash explained. Again, that is K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash explained. It's fun for all ages, and the kids can try it for free. Tara Golshin, you spent the weekend at the Iowa State Fair for Vox. Why? Well, it's 2019, and it's about six months before the Iowa caucuses, which is the first time voters will be able to cast their vote in the 2020 presidential election. And almost all of the Democratic 2020 candidates were at the Iowa State Fair this weekend. Tell me about the fair. I've never been. It sounds kind of amazing. There are a lot of foods on sticks. There are pork chops on sticks and fried cheese and fried chicken. And Here's some fried pickles. We'll give you all the fried veggies. Fried Oreos. Dreamy. Anything basically that's going to give you a heart attack is at this fair. Aren't two of the candidates like vegans though? What are they eating? One of the candidates is vegan, Cory Booker. So Cory Booker ate some PB&J sandwiches on a stick. I'm going to get one more PB&J. The PB&J's on a stick? It's the it's sandwiches? It's still on a stick. All right. This is amazing, guys. Um, I think the best way to describe this uh, is a little slice of heaven. <laughs> I've heard previous years have had a yodeling contest, a hog calling contest, a wives calling their husbands contest. Can you hear me? You get yourself in here right now. Does like all of Iowa show up? How many people come out? So a lot of people show up and not even just from Iowa, from around the country and In 2017, there were more than a million people that came. And especially going into an election year, it's a big draw to see the candidates because there's also an actual soapbox where each... There's an actual soapbox for the candidates to get up on. Yeah, there is this kind of bale of hay that is sponsored by the Des Moines Register, the local paper here. And each of the potential presidential candidates can get 20 minutes to get up there and rally a crowd and tell everyone what they're about. Hello, Iowa State Fair! My name is Elizabeth Warren, and I'm running for president because I am sick of a country that works better and better for a thinner and thinner slice at the top. The fair started, I think, last Thursday, was a big thing this weekend and carries through to the end of next weekend. But most of the candidates showed up this past weekend. Who were Iowans most excited to see? Some of the biggest crowds were for people that you would expect, like Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Elizabeth Warren and Senator Kamala Harris and uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. Cory Booker also got a really big crowd. Notably, Slipknot was performing the night of uh, Cory Booker's speech, and they were doing a sound check during his rally. We need to get back to what the Constitution says. Ouch. Which is even more harsh if you know what Slipknot sounds like. Yeah, I actually don't know what Slipknot sounds like. I can help with that. You want to know? I don't know if I want to know. Oh, it's my duty as a former teenager to demonstrate for you what Slipknot sounds like. Give me one second. 
Corey. <laughs> oh, fun fact. Uh, the lead singer of Slipknot's name, Corey. Well, also interesting fun fact about Slipknot, which I learned this week, is that they're from Des Moines. They're from Iowa. Hometown heroes. Yeah. Yeah. They're coming home. Des Moines fucking Iowa! So Slipknot did well. How about all the candidates? How did they do? I think what was most notable to me is that Iowa voters are known for kind of hearing everyone out. There, I mean, there was a crowd for Marianne Williamson. There was a crowd for John Delaney. These candidates that haven't really been registering much uh, attraction in the polls. But the big names are still the big names here. And when you ask Iowa voters, they're still naming people like Biden and Warren and Sanders and Harris and Buttigieg. And those are the people that really captured the attention of state fairgoers. Did any of them say anything beyond the sort of boilerplate? I think the most notable thing of voters that are Democratic or leaning Democratic is that their number one priority always to me was that they want to get Trump out of office. Iowa is a state that voted for Trump in 2016. Uh, He beat Hillary Clinton by almost 10 points. And currently, the polling shows us that he's about 11 points underwater in the state. Hmm. And are there still Republicans hanging out there interacting with these Democratic candidates or is it sort of just a partisan crowd? So every soapbox speech begins with a disclaimer. What are we? Iowa nice. That means no heckling. Be kind to your fellow humans. No signs held up because then people can't see. And that's not very nice, is it? that you can cheer, but don't jeer. Of course, that was sometimes broken. There were times where there were Trump supporters in the crowds that they were wearing Make America Great. Uh, Again, hats and flags. Uh, I I was walking with Senator Bernie Sanders as they take a tour around the fair usually, and and he ate a corn dog and and walked around the amusement park. All right, guys, be careful that you don't fall on your head. Your health insurance probably doesn't cover that. But as he was walking around, there were there were Trump supporters that were booing him. So you see that kind of activity as well. But overwhelmingly, a lot of people were here just to listen to the candidates and see what they have to say. And I I even talked to some Trump supporters that have no intention of ever voting for a Democrat that did want to hear what the Democrats had to say. And they were just standing there quietly. Did that whole Iowa nice thing apply to the candidates themselves? Of course, when we see all of them together, it's usually on a debate stage and they're taking shots at each other. Yeah, I think something that has really been showing through is how much the candidates want to show that they're friends with each other. There's all these moments where they run into each other constantly at the fair. And there was a moment between Kamala Harris and uh, Representative Tim Ryan where he passed his kid on to Kamala Harris and they were just chatting at the state fair. There was another very funny moment where um, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand's son was uh, deciding who to vote for in this unofficial, unscientific poll. Here, I'll let you do my vote. And he was joking, oh, maybe I should work, uh, vote for Senator Warren. And of course, Kirsten Gillibrand put her kids straight and made him vote for her. Good. Come on. She's pretty good. I'll, I'll vote for her. Did anyone, like, move the needle in any way? Did anyone have a big moment that may actually change their their standing in the polls? I don't know if we can tell at this point whether or not the Iowa State Fair 
made it for anyone. I'm sure it is always a big thing, especially for some of the lesser known candidates to get out in front of people. But also notably, I I didn't see anything that really kind of broke it for anyone. The Iowa State Fair is kind of like a high risk, high reward kind of a thing. Like you're in front of all these people. If you have a misstep, uh, it could go really badly for you because uh, you're you're like on a big stage here. Did anyone have a misstep? There, there was a moment on stage where Joe Biden tripped over his words. We choose unity over division. We choose science over fiction. We choose truth over facts. But even that was kind of a, a blip on, on the event. He was very well attended and people were, were following him around. Obviously, he's a former vice president to an extremely popular president and people want to take their pictures and, and see Joe Biden eat ice cream. Is there any sense at the end of the weekend how people felt about the candidates, formal or informal polling or anything like that? There is an informal poll. uh, And I do want to stress that this is extremely unscientific. But basically what happens is that right outside of this soapbox area, uh, there is a corn kernel poll, which is Uh, essentially every fair goer, Kendis, gets a kernel and you get to pick which candidate you like the best. And and put it in the jar of the candidate that you are most likely to vote for at the time. And it's all the candidates, Republican and Democrat. And, And what we saw was that it did kind of reflect general state polling. So Biden, Warren, Buttigieg, uh, Harris and Sanders uh, were the ones registering on that poll. And of course, on the Republican side, Trump was overwhelmingly winning over his challenger, Bill Weld. Does like the Electoral College come in at the end of the week and just like tip them all over and say, we're going to do whatever we want to do anyway? <laughs> I do not think so. A good joke. <laughs> After the break, whether you have to eat all those deep-fried Oreos and PB&Js and corn dogs to win the election. Hello? <laughs> hey, Desmond, it's Sean. How's it going? Good. I hear you're on vacation. Is that true? It, it is. I'm in Bethany Beach, Delaware, the, in the United States of America, in North America, in the world. <laughs> Very nice. Did you bring any KiwiCo projects with you to Bethany Beach, Delaware? Uh, no, I finished the last one that I had, and I haven't got the August one yet. That's a bummer. You know, yeah. a thing I was thinking about is that, like, KiwiCo might hear these conversations that you and I have, and you could pretty much request anything. If if they could send you anything right to the beach, what would you ask for? Well, it would be cool if they had whatever those machines are called, if they had one of those things that triggers another thing and it keeps going. Like a domino effect. And it does something random. You're talking about a Rube Goldberg machine, yeah? Yeah, Rube Goldberg. 
Okay, well, I hope they hook it up for you as a longtime subscriber. For all of those who want to try it out, you can do so for free. Fun for kids of all ages. KiwiCo.com slash explain. That's K-I-W-I-C-O dot com slash explain. Desmond, invite me to the beach next time, okay? Uh, I'll try. <laughs> Not sure if my mom will allow that. Okay. <laughs> Chris Larimer, professor of political science at the University of Northern Iowa. How long has the Iowa State Fair been around? Uh, it's been around, I think, since about uh, 1854, and it's grown in popularity over time. But it, the real purpose of it is just sort of showcase the agricultural sector of the state. And, you know, there, there are new attendance records set every year where, you know, we're at the point where it's pretty regular that we see over a million people attend the, the Iowa State Fair over that period. When exactly did the... Iowa State Fair become important to politics? I think when you look at the, the importance of the Iowa State Fair to politics, I think it coincides with sort of the popularity of the, or the attention given to the Iowa caucuses. So Jimmy Carter visited the Iowa State Fair when he was first running in uh, 1976, and he's sort of credited with putting the Iowa caucuses on the map. Since that time, candidates have used the Iowa State Fair to help them in their candidacies because it's a, it's a way to sort of showcase yourself to a, a large group of people, people who are active just generally in the state of Iowa. And so candidates have continued to use that. And so as the caucuses have become more popular, using the Iowa State Fair for political purposes for, for presidential candidates has also become more popular. Have there been like really eventful presidential candidate visits to the Iowa State Fair or is it always kind of you know, glad handling and and deep fried Oreo eating and that kind of thing. <laughs> well, yeah, there's certainly a lot of that. But uh, I think Donald Trump's visit in 2015 has certainly got to be the most unique where he, he comes in, flies in in a helicopter, lands, takes a group of kids up in the helicopter to tour the state fairgrounds. Quite a few children going to take rides today. So where are the children? Get them over here. That's great. I love children. I love Iowa. Great place. I mean, that has by far has has to be the most unique visit by any candidate. Um, but the other big one I think a lot of people look to is in um, 2011 when Mitt Romney visited the Iowa State Fair. So the big part of the when the fair visit for candidates is that they do the Des Moines Register soapbox where they're up on the stand and, and giving speeches to a large crowd of people that are just gathered around. Yeah. That's where Romney made the, the famous statement that corporations are people, too. Of course they are. Everything corporations earn ultimately goes to people. So, where do you think it goes? It goes in their pockets! Do we have any idea how much the fair has an impact on the actual election? No. Um, it's a great question, but it's really hard to measure. You know, you have to be able to somehow measure... Okay, who walked up to the soapbox that day? Who listened to the candidates? You know, how long did that effect have on the individual voter? And did that influence their decision six months later, you know, in the Iowa caucuses? And that's really hard to do. I think you could say there's potentially a small effect there in terms of voters seeing candidates they're thinking about considering caucusing for. And maybe if that candidate gives a performance on the soapbox that's appealing to that individual voter, then maybe over the next few weeks, they're more likely to follow that candidate. When they come to Iowa, maybe they're more likely to attend an event for that candidate. And then, you know, potentially they're maybe more likely to caucus for that particular candidate. But it's something that's almost impossible to measure um, at this point. You mentioned that the fair sort of has its origins in showing off Iowa's 
agricultural might. What issues matter most to these fairgoers at the Iowa State Fair? On a general level, it's the same issues that matter to most people across the country in terms of just the the direction of the country, you know, the economy, jobs, unemployment. But when you listen to the candidate soapbox speeches, you know, there's there's still a lot of talk about agriculture. There's a lot of talk about middle class. And understand that we need strong farm policies and we don't need a president that is treating our rural areas and our farmers like they're a bunch of poker chips in one of his bankrupt casinos. More recently, a lot of talk about um, tariffs, the agricultural industry generally. So I think, you know, those speeches, they're they're trying to appeal to the sector of Iowa's economy that they think that most voters are see as most important to continuing to improve conditions in Iowa. Do you, I don't know, I guess, you know, you grew up in Iowa, you live in Iowa now. Mm-hmm. You, do you attend the state fair, Chris? I don't. I know, that, and this is really sad to admit uh, uh, publicly, but I don't attend it on a regular basis. I, <laughs> I have a lot of people that do. My dad grew up just outside of Des Moines, so he would go there on a regular basis. Um, I won't tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, please don't. Uh, <laughs> it's sad to admit. Is there a sense that the fair is unfair, that that all of these candidates flocking to Iowa for a weekend and spending so much time there in the months leading up to the Iowa caucus biases their attention to one state that, you know, has three million people or so instead of covering the entire country and running around talking to voters who maybe have different needs. Yeah, I, I think you could say that. I think there are two sides to that, right? I mean, it's the same question when it comes to the Iowa caucuses, right? Is it fair that Iowa gets that much coverage when it comes to the Iowa caucuses or the candidates spend that much attention on a state, as you said, where you're talking about three million people? So on the one hand, you could say, no, it's not. Um, it, it seems rather silly to spend that much time where you're talking about a small subset of voters, and you don't even have any idea if any of these people are actually going to show up to caucus six months later. Um, on the other hand, you could say that it puts candidates on the spot a little bit, and it forces them to talk to voters on a small-scale basis, and it gives you a sense of whether or not these candidates are comfortable talking to voters, capable of at, you know answering questions on the fly, and it sort of shows their strengths or potential weaknesses as a candidate in terms of talking about the issues. And so it's really sort of this unscripted event, which appeals to a lot of people, because I think you talk to voters and they're kind of tired of the the scripted responses or, you know, the scripted appearances, even thinking about um, the, the debates that we've seen. Does Iowa ultimately end up picking who becomes president or at least who ends up on the ticket? Not necessarily. So Iowa does a good job, and a lot of people have talked about this, of sort of winnowing the field, right? We often talk about three tickets out of Iowa if you want to be the nominee, the exception being John McCain in 2008, who actually finished fourth in the Iowa caucuses, but of course went on to be the Republican nominee. Um, But between Democrats and Republicans, the Democrats actually do a much better job in terms of predicting the nominee that is who wins the iowa caucuses there's a better track record as far as the person who wins the iowa caucuses on the democratic side and their likelihood of going on to be the nominee and there's also a better track record between what happens in iowa on the democratic side and then what happens in new hampshire a few days later in the new hampshire primary Uh, on the republican side the record's not as good and you know that a lot of that goes back to um, the the strong role of social conservatives, the evangelical vote in Iowa on the Republican side. You know, this year, what you'd expect is that they would at least winnow the field a bit, um, that after caucus night, you would expect to see a number of candidates drop out 
Um, and you would expect the candidates that, that finished in the top three, maybe top four in Iowa to have a pretty good chance of being the nominee. And it's just around the corner in February of next year. <laughs> yeah, right. It's going to be a long six months. <laughs> Chris Larimer teaches politics at the University of Northern Iowa in Cedar Falls, Iowa. I'm Sean Ramos for him. This is Today Explained. Before we go, one last reminder that KiwiCo wants to spark joy and creativity and tinkering and learning in kids of all ages, starting with the kid that you know. KiwiCo.com slash explained is where you can check out their projects for kids of all ages, and you can even try them out for free. KiwiCo.com slash explained.